I'm Sam C. Perry, and you're listening to the Living in Style Podcast. Brooklyn native and Pratt graduate Laurel DeWitt has created an unconventional brand that has caught the attention of some of our faves. And while people didn't initially understand her vision, she believed in it and worked toward cultivating a brand that would set her apart from others. I remember meeting Laurel during a presentation she did for Pratt many years ago, and we've stayed connected through a lot of mutual friends. And as she expands her brand into handbags, I had to find out what inspired her usage of metal and how she became clear about her vision. In this new episode, we will cover how she built her brand while working a 9 to 5, her celebrity work, and what's next for her and the Laurel DeWitt brand. This is Living in Style with Laurel DeWitt. Talk to me about growing up in Brooklyn and what that was like and how that shaped your design aesthetic. Well, I actually grew up in um, upstate New York, and I moved to Brooklyn uh, for college in 2001. I'm actually from, like, uh, two hours north of the city um, in a little town in between Kingston and Woodstock and New York, and I grew up on a mountain on 10 acres of land, and that's kind of, like, what really made me want to be in the city because, like, you have to drive 10 minutes just to get to any store. So all I wanted to do was come to the city. So as soon as I was able to, I went to college in Brooklyn. My dad went to Pratt, and my grandmother also went to Pratt. So it was somewhere I oh, always wow. wanted to go my whole life, yeah. Um, and, you know, just being in the city and, and just being influenced by, like, such an intense, like, city and urban culture – I really mm-hmm. just got very into, you know, um, like industrial things and like heavy metals and stuff like that. So when I was in college, I had a class called wearable art where um, you had to, the assignment was to make something out of materials that cost you nothing. And I told my dad this and he sent me like these metal parts from his uh, company, lighting company. And I started like linking them together and, and just basically created um, this, like, metal bra, and then people liked it. And then from there, I really hated sewing, so I just started evolving the collection. And, you know, my first piece literally broke on the runway. Like, I made my own jump rings out of wire that, you know, just completely just broke apart. Um, oh, my God. And, yeah, so so you, you saw my show at Pratt, right? Yeah, that's how I first met you. I remember going to um... – going we were out fashion week with fortune and a bunch of other friends and she was like let's go check out my friend she's doing a presentation at pratt and that was the night that i had that i met you which was this the one which show was this it was oh at my pratt? God. it was it, was it wasn't that at the Hammerstein Ballroom. It, it was at neither. It was um, it was on like the second or third floor of. It was almost like an office space, and I remember you had models on top of pedestals, and it was a few other designers that were doing like presentations in the room, um, and it was kind of like a mix and mingle type drink atmosphere. Oh, uh, I think that was probably right after Pratt, like right right after Pratt. Yeah, it, I remember it was an evening night, and we were. Yeah, I, I want to say it was probably, probably about like 2010, 2011, maybe oh, even a little bit yeah. after that. Well, I graduated in '05, so it wasn't at prep. So you <sighs> came to, so you probably just came to like an early Laurel Luck show. Um, yeah, because I I know I was still at I was still at Macy's at the time. 
I was there from, oh, my God, 2010 to 2012, so it had to be in that time frame. Okay. Yeah, so that was probably, like, the first uh, Laurel Lux show. So I changed from Laurel Lux to um, Laurel to Wit in 2014. I felt like Laurel Lux had become kind of, like, not sophisticated enough, and I wanted it to mm-hmm. be high fashion. So I rebranded mm-hmm. on Laurel to Wit. Cause I, I, at first it was, like, I was – Laurel Lux, like, I was trying to be, like, oh, I have to tell everyone it's Lux, you know, it's kind of, like, an immature thinking, and I didn't like my name, and then when I turned 30, I was just kind of embracing everything about me, like, all of my flaws, and that's when I was brand out into, like, Laurel DeWitt, so that's when, you know, my my bigger runway shows started happening, I was doing, like, my own productions, like, I stopped doing, like, Brooklyn Fashion Week and, like, Couture Fashion Week, all those little Fashion Week shows, and then I started doing, like, my own productions and showing um, every season. So back to your question, you know, the metal and everything was something that for me, I wanted to create something that completely like encompassed that one thing, which is metal. So I wanted to be the best at that category. And I constantly push myself to keep evolving into something new and something fresh and really just be known for that specific thing. And, I mean, metal is such a unique and unconventional material to use for design, and I don't think a lot of people, I don't think anybody really has ever thought to use that. When you were when you were thinking about that and creating your vision, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even understand it or support it. Nope. <laughs> I mean, everyone, I mean, so many people said, like, what are you making metal clothes for? I don't understand. Like, it can't be, like, no one's going to buy it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I was like, well, you know, I have such little resources to do, like to have advertising and PR and all this stuff. I need to create a product that, you know, is special and that stylist and everyone will love because it's so special and so good. It's one of a kind and the product sells itself. And that's, you know, how I was able to get so much press and, and celebrity clients because I make special, special mm-hmm. products and I stand behind my work. So I also knew that creating a line that everyone associated with me. So people associate, like, I all the time people send me stuff like, anything that's gold, is this you? You know, like, or anything that's metal and chains, is this you? Is this you? So people, or crowns, people know that is my brand. So then, for example, when I launched the license of the handbag brand, I'm able to bring those elements in. So we have, like, leather handbags that have chain on them. And the logo is, or the, the plate, the main hardware plate is my goddess logo, which is based off of the first crown that I made. So it's basically taking, you know, my training in corporate fashion and, and branding and all that stuff into, you know, the aesthetic of my brand and creating something new. So I always knew what I was going to do. I always had like, you know, like a, like a long plot of how this would work, you know, because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. knew what my resources were and I also didn't want to sew. So that on top of it <laughs> but um you know it's it's definitely unconventional and it's definitely unique and that's also what made it successful and now all the people that doubted me you know I get Facebook messages or something from someone from high school oh my god I always was so proud of you and I I talk about you all the time I'm like I've not talked to you in 15 years and you also decided that I shouldn't be in your limo because I had a black boyfriend so please stop (laughs) asking me you know like stuff like that people are just and it's always like that 
it's always yeah. like people don't celebrate you until you become successful and other people start celebrating you. And then they want to tag on like they've always been right. there when it's not it's the, the case. Same people, you know, even back in high school, like, why are you going to, like, what are you going to do with art? You know, like, I wasn't doing metal clothing, but like, what are you going to do with art? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I am going to make a career out of it. You know, well, there's art and everything. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, a lot of, because their parents are saying like, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be a lawyer. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, mm-hmm. You know, I've even had people come up to me, like, if I've done a panel, they'll say, oh, my God, I've always wanted to be a designer, but my parents want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And I'm like, follow your dreams. <laughs> no matter what you do, follow your dreams, you know? You have to. How are you able to do that, though? I mean, it's a small town. You're an artist. You're creative at heart. And then you have people that don't believe and support that vision. How are you able to hold on to it and believe in it for yourself and keep well, going? Well, I mean, my biggest thing is definitely my parents. You know, they've always supported um, you know, my vision in the arts, you know, even, you know, in high school, I wanted to paint my room murals, and they never stopped me from doing that. You know, a lot of parents are like, no, you're not ruining our walls and painting crazy mm-hmm. stuff on the walls, but they let me. And, you know, I ended up entering, like, a contest for YM Magazine and winning, like, the grand prize for the world's coolest room, you know, like, they never held me back. They They always gave me, you know, all the tools I needed, whether it's art classes or art supplies or just you know more more so the freedom and then of course you know my education and you know my dad is an artist and my mom is a teacher and you know very creative person and they're very liberal and you know that that is the core of how I was able to do this besides that you know I have a great support team Sire who's my production manager he you know helps me do everything and I have like great people um, like Lisa Smith-Craig and Four Season Style Management and you know, people that have supported the vision and really, you know, helped me bring it forward, whether it's styling and or helping me make pieces or coordinating pulls. And, you know, I have Purvis, who's my publicist, who works so hard to make sure now that all the product gets to the right people and mm-hmm. coordinates all that. He's an amazing publicist. So, you know, it's just having, you know, that support. And then also for myself personally, financially, you know, I always, you know, I, I was working nine to five for years. And if I wasn't working nine to five, I was freelancing. And, you know, I just basically had to fund everything that I did out of my own pocket. And it's literally like sleepless nights. It's, you know, being super stressed because you have to like design all this stuff for other people while designing stuff for yourself. And you have to remember Mm -hmm. all the designs and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm doing stuff on the computer. I'm doing like logos for people. It's like, you know, it's a hustle. Like there's so much that goes into it that people don't understand you know it's being consistent it's putting out work every season like i moved to la in february the same time i was supposed to have february fashion week and i didn't have a full fashion week but i still had to do a collection so i made a mini collection you know for press purposes and then i did la fashion week as soon as i got out here you know i didn't do a new york fashion week show but i did la fashion week and you know you just got to keep consistent and keep evolving your product so it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, trust me, I know, I, I've seen you work. I, I know what it is. I know it's a lot of work. I've been backstage and I've seen you guys getting ready for the show. It's a lot. And I don't think people understand what it yeah. takes to do yeah, it Yeah, when I all. do the show, like, I remember one year we had to do, like, passes for people. And I had over 100 people, like, just on staff for a fashion, fashion show. And people don't realize, like, that and how much, you know, we do our own production. So, of course, I have, mm-hmm. you know, the team I mentioned before are working on it too, but at the end of the day, I still 
have to coordinate all of that. I have to give approval. I have to, you know, manage people. And I mean, at this point, we're we're good. Like I have my team in place and they know what they're doing. But it's still like I have to worry about all of that. I don't just show up and it's done for me with the collection. So I'm building a collection on top of, you know, producing the show and putting everything together. So I have all people in, in their place. Like, you know, like I said, Lisa manages the wardrobe and. Um, she coordinates the beauty and she does creative direction and, you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's so much work and it's literally all this work for like a 15 minute show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which at the end of the day is still, it's still mind boggling and a little crazy to me that all of this goes into it for 10 minutes, like 10 to 15 minutes. It's crazy. And it's a yeah. ton of money too. Oh yeah. And you know, now I'm to a point where sponsors are covering majority of the cost, but for for a long time I was covering the cost. And it is, you know, besides the cost of a show, you have the cost of just the collection. And then if you want to evolve mm-hmm. the collection, you have to find new materials. And, you know, one season I did leather, another season I did plastic, like with the metal. And it's, you know, all that stuff costs money, and that's why – you know, when I have this process of pulls and people wanting to borrow stuff, I'm at the point where I just get so frustrated because I'm like, I can get a crown back from a celebrity that's in a hundred pieces and they don't care. <laughs> you know, like that literally yeah. happens. Uh, people want to borrow stuff and they think all their projects are so important, but I'm like, okay, well, everyone else is probably getting paid for the project. The designer's not getting paid, but the designer's what's basically making the look. You know, like the look exactly, yeah, right. So it's like super frustrating. You know, so now we're at the point where it's, like, either I'm not loaning or it's a rental. Because it's, like, if you're going to – you need this shoot for your portfolio and you really want it, then, you know, I'm down to support you. But I need to be compensated at least for my time, for Sire's time, for something. You know, they mm-hmm. might get – you know, you're going to get a $15,000 crown, for example. Like, why should I just give that to you when it's, like, the damage could come? And, and I'm like, I've done so many editorials, so many things. It's just, like – it's getting to the point where I'm like, I, I just can't do it anymore because I, I see the damage on the pieces. People are careless, and, you know, I don't have control over the shoot. So, you know, I appreciate all the support from all these people, but it's like at the same time, it's like I have I have a business too, you know. It's tough. It's a tough – it's a really tough business. I People don't think about it. People think it's, style, it's tough for the stylist or whatever, but I'm like, I think it's – I know I'm biased, but you know, – <laughs> As a designer with all this stuff, like, it's really hard because you have no creative control. Like I said, everyone's getting paid but you. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, they just look at it like, oh, you're getting advertising, but, you know, their shoot might not work out or the piece might not go on the right person or whatever, you know. There's, I have stories for days, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other interview. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing because you should have me and Sire come on one day and we could tell stories without names of just crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, people only knew. And if we could use names, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, please. I could only imagine. I mean, with the small amount of people that I've had the opportunity to work with, and yeah. you guys have worked, worked with people on a much larger scale, I'm sure it is horror yeah. shows and, and horror so, stories. And it's so frustrating is I have a temper, and I want to pop off all the time. <laughs> I want to go on social media and just rant, but you can't because you have to be political, and you yeah. just have to be, like, neutral about this stuff and got to fit in where you can, and it's, 
it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, I, you know, I throw things at home and in the privacy of home. And, uh, <laughs> like, thank God I have Sire to like talk about this stuff. And we, you know, because it's it's nuts, nuts. It really is. Talk to me about balance because it, it's all around. It's about balance. It's about balancing your personal life, balancing your your work life, balancing your relationships when you were working at nine to five, balancing that with building a brand. How have you been able to balance it all without losing your mind? Um, I actually really haven't been able to balance. <laughs> That's honest. That's honest. I mean, you know, I my parents, sire, my boyfriend, friends, they all talk to me about needing more balance in my life. I think now that I moved to LA, I have a little bit more balance than I ever had before. Um, you know, here I'm like cooking meals, I'm going to the gym, I'm taking walks, like it's like a new environment, so I'll like go walk to the grocery store, I'll walk to different stores. It might be like I might walk five miles. So that type of stuff like here I'm doing and also, you know, with my boyfriend, sometimes we have to go, you know, to a party or to an event or to dinner and like I take out time. When I was in New York, I didn't take out any time for that. And it was when I was working at the peak of when I was working nine to five and mm-hmm. doing like collections would would be like the Amber Rose show when she mm-hmm. walked in the show. That fashion show, I would, at the time, like, the job was in Manhasset, Long Island. So I would drive from Brooklyn to Manhasset every day, and then I would come home. Well, then, then the job moved to the city in Midtown. So in that time, I'd either take the train or drive to work. Then I would come home, and I would take an hour nap. So I needed that nap to, like, not even because I need, I mean, yeah, I needed sleep, but I needed to shut off, like, my design work for the day so I can focus on something else. And then I would get up and I would work on work on pieces till 4 or 5 in the morning. Then I would get up to be at work at 9 o'clock the next day. And I did that every day. And then I would work every day all day on the weekends. And there was no balance at all. But it was the only way for me to get it done because I had to, you know, income. And then I had to mm-hmm. – and I couldn't give up all the work that I had done already for – you know, LD. So for me, like I'm trying now to have more balance because I'm getting older, you know, like I want to start a family and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do it more. Like, you know, like I said, I cook instead of just like ordering food, all this different stuff. But um, I definitely need to work on that. I definitely (laughs) need to take more time, take more time out for, for myself because there was a time where I'm not going to lie. Like I did break down like I was in therapy for a little bit and you know I definitely felt like like I definitely feel like I'm more like emotionally stable now than I ever was before because I end up not like I try not to stress with everything it's like I just don't have time like I used to like my you know you know when you're creative your mind is always moving always moving what, yes. yeah and that's what makes you a creative but also mm-hmm. when it comes to your personal life it can really you know weigh on you it's really stressful so now that I have so much going on like I don't have time to be worried about stuff and like making up scenarios in my head because I have so much other stuff going on oh lord (laughs) (laughs) I'm so with you on that yeah being busy kind of like helped me a little bit to the point where it's like I can't think about oh what 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 really happened in this scenario like I just don't Mm -hmm. have room in my in my mind anymore so there was a time when I wasn't doing my brand for like a year and I was really 
really nuts because I, you know, I realized that this is my therapy. That's what keeps my mind occupied and keeps me going. But, like, besides that, like, I don't know. I find it hard to have balance, and I commend anyone that can. And, you know, it's something that I strive for. And, you know, I'm trying to get to the point where certain certain things move on their own and stopping micromanaging things and just letting mm-hmm. things happen. Like, you know, there was a time when I probably was, like, micromanaging Sire, but he's really stepped up and, you know, become his own thing. Like, it's like... I don't say to him, oh, I need you to work something from this time to this time. He's like, well, this is what I have to do in this one. I'm going to get how I'm going to get it done. And mm-hmm. I don't worry about that anymore. And, like, with PR and, and and styling with Lisa and Purvis, it's like I let them do their thing. And that's helped me balance because I used to want to be involved in every little thing. And now I just have to, like, throw my hands up to certain things. I'm like, it became bigger than me, you know? So, yeah. Um, you have to trust yeah. your team at this point. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and, I still and, do a lot of things myself. Like, I still do my website. I still, like, edit photos and all that stuff because there's certain things, like, you just got to do, you know? Yeah. And you know what your vision is and you know what you want your brand right. to look like. And sometimes, right. as a creative, it's so hard to communicate that to someone else. And yeah. it's just like, it's easier if I just take the time out to do it because I know what I want. And by the time I explain it to you, I can have it done already. Yeah, no, absolutely. And especially, like, I'm so picky with that stuff. Like, I don't think I've ever let anyone design anything for me. Like, no one's ever designed, like, an invite to a show or a logo or anything for me. Because who am I going to trust more than myself? And, like, it's not like I'm not open to ideas and stuff. Part of it is, of course, like, I only trust myself and, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, I'm trying to keep costs down and stuff, but I do it all myself. I do all my – and the other thing was designing that people don't think about, especially with having, like, a metal brand, is sourcing. I spend so much time, like, sourcing, whether I'm going to China or I'm online searching for, you know – a new product or a new or I'm like you know like sourcing material is a huge thing and when I'm in you know like a corporate world there's people that do sourcing you know mm-hmm. and I you have a whole team myself. and it's it's a it's a lot of work but you know no one's gonna know what to find better than me <laughs> you know I when I'm in China I'm walking through like if I go in the summer it's like you're literally so humid there you like I drip sweat and I'm going through all these like you know, little shops and picking up stuff and dragging luggages and ordering stuff, you know, it's like, it's very hands-on. It's not in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> my only camera <laughs> moment, <laughs> moment is when I come out at the end of the fashion show. And at that point, I'm so like tired and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It's not even mm-hmm. glamorous for me anymore. It's like, okay, cool. I just want to go like hug my parents or hug my boyfriend or Hug Sire, Lisa, you know, like, you don't want all of that attention. And the only thing glamorous about fashion that I don't think people understand is red carpet and runway shows. That's the only thing that's glamorous because everything else is behind the scenes. And behind the scenes work, there's absolutely nothing glamorous about it, whether you're the designer, the stylist, the creative director, the model, the photographer. None of it is glamorous. (laughs) None of it is glamorous. Like, even, like, you see, like, the Victoria's Secret fashion show, like, they might, like, on TV, like, what the world sees, and they'll Mm -hmm. show some behind the scenes, but they make it look so fun and jolly. Like, it's not that. Beauty beauty people backstage are not, like, (laughs) I see, for me, it's always funny, because at fashion shows, I always get everyone's best light. 
right? Because everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's Laurel, you know. There's been a couple times people didn't, like, some makeup artists come and didn't know who I was, and, like, they were kind of rude. And then I realized, mm-hmm. then they realized it's me. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, because that's just, you know, the industry. And I'm of like, course. I remember that. But then I get stories <laughs> from everyone on the team, like, oh, so-and-so was horrible, so-and-so was this, so-and-so that. And I was like, oh, my God, they were so nice to me. Like, I, you know, when I was around, everyone was being perfect. And then I get these stories, and that's another thing that's difficult is I have to manage – so many different personalities and mm-hmm. you know like so-and-so didn't like this makeup artist or this hairstylist or so-and-so some intern was acting crazy and it's like what everyone was so nice and afterwards I'm always like this show was great and then like everyone's like yeah it was great and then like we'll recap a couple weeks later like oh well actually we didn't want to tell you but this happened and that happened I'm like oh well damn <laughs> you know like you find out all the truth afterwards yeah. Yeah, it's always kind of funny because they don't want to, like, ruin the moment that night. Moment, yeah. We recap, and it's like, oh, my God, yeah, so. What have you learned from working with, you know, different personalities and working with celebrity clients? What have you learned about yourself, and what have you learned about the business? (laughs) I've learned that I'm a lot more patient than I ever thought I was because, (laughs) like, I am am a very impatient person, but I've also learned that with this, everything, all right, let's just say this. I've had requests from probably almost every major celebrity you can think of, like, at some point. Like, you know, like, say, like, a music performer. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want to name names, but, like, major A-list people. And Mm -hmm. you can see my list. I have a decent list, but not all of them have worn my stuff. So you have stylists that pull stuff. Celebrities don't wear it. And, it like, I used to take it really personally and think, like, oh, it's over. I'm never going to, like – there was pulls for Beyonce like three or four times before she wore the crown. You know, this stuff, it messes with you. I've had such major people. I'm like, oh, my God. I used to think it was real. Anytime there was a request, like, oh, my God, someone's <laughs> stuff. Like, they're going to wear it. And then uh-huh. you know, they end up going another direction. And, and stylists pull so many clothes for every shoot. It's it's crazy. And that that's what their job is, is to pull hundred looks, I'm not kidding, like a hundred looks just to get two looks. And sure, you're yeah. one of those mm-hmm. looks and you know, mm-hmm. you think that it's gonna be this big thing and it's not. And you just at this point it's like, Okay, this is going on for this person, that's cool, I'll be happy when it comes out. I think that you know, even making like I've made custom pieces for celebrities and even then, like, sometimes it, they wear them and sometimes they don't and I may or may not have gotten paid for them. Like some I have, some I haven't and I've learned that, you know, one thing is, like, I have to charge for stuff because if I don't charge, then I'm out all that time and money, you know. Yeah. It's, it's yes. tough because they look at you. I'm still a young, independent designer, and they're like, well, she can wear anything in the world, so you're lucky to be around, which I am. But it's like, you know, I also have to – I've learned to stand up for myself, and I'm still working on that because it's still tough. It's still very political because – you don't want to piss off the wrong person, then you're blacklisted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and word travels fast. Yeah. And, I mean, again, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I've learned patience, and I'm still working on that, just like I'm still working on, you know, um, balance. But, um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's It's a tough business. I don't we're all a work in progress and I mean you you talked about going to therapy do you have any other type of practices or things that you do to help you get through the dealing with you know the rejection and disappointment and the balance do you have like a spiritual connection or anything 
Um, I wouldn't. I'm. I wouldn't say a spiritual connection. I would say, like, for me, it's just keep keep it moving. And mm-hmm. um, I always tell myself this quote. Um, oh God, if the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, and for me, I tell myself that all the time because I'm like, as an artist, I'm like, I love this one type of thing, you know. And then other people might not love it, so I have to say, mm-hmm. okay don't do that let's move on to something else for the past couple you know this this is a little preview i haven't really announced it yet but like my past shows have been very like kind of serial and very like king and queen you know type thing and this season i'm going for like you know they've also been like the walks have been slow and very serious and Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like now this year I'm doing like disco, so it's going to be like a party. So it's my ver- like the Laurel DeWitt metal version of disco. So for me, it's like okay, obviously stuff worked, but I'm not where I want to be. So how do I evolve? It's like all right, well let's see what happens when I make it a little bit more fun. And then every collection, every you know thing, it's like okay, well I see that you know dresses are what everyone is pulling, so I need to do more dresses. You know, like that type of thing. So. Um, it's just knowing that I need to evolve is something that keeps me sane. Cause it's like, all right, let's work on something new. Like you'll see, like the finale is going to be like a human disco ball. Look, I mean, oh, my God, I can't wait for that. Yeah, it's going to be epic. <laughs> like, you I know, can't wait for that. It's, it's something different. It's something different for the brand. So it's always trying to kind of like switch it up and and you know evolve. So. What advice would you have for, you know, young kids or even adults that want to be designers? Like, what do you know now that you didn't know then that you would use as advice? Don't get fooled. Like, people are always going to tell you that their project or their fashion show is the biggest thing ever, and they're going to ask you to pay all this money to be involved in whatever, and... Don't believe them, you know, do your research, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) do your research Mm -hmm. and look at something like they might say like, oh, the press is going to be there is A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm -hmm. You need Mm -hmm. to look that up. You need to fact check. Like, is that press really going to be there? And also know that like your first show, like you always have a dream in your head that your first fashion show is going to be like the best thing ever. And you know, you're gonna your career is gonna be mixed, you're gonna have this breakout show because that's how they kinda make it sound like on T V, like, oh, this designer had a show and it took over fashion week. It doesn't work that way. It's a pro no. it's a process and it takes mm-hmm. progress. So just to like do your research and keep everything as special as possible. Take it till you make it, like make sure all your stuff is on point, like make sure your website's on point, make sure your visuals are on point. And, you know, just present yourself in the, in your best light and involve yourself with the right people. Like, I know my vision, I have a vision, but I know people like like Lisa, she's in another part of the industry, is styling. Her vision is different because I see my pieces one way, but another person with a good vision can see them in a whole different way that can make it good. So, like, have your team be tight, associate with the right people, barter with the right people, you know, make your team your family because essentially, like, that's what they become. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, definitely intern. Like, don't – people always say, like, it's weird. I'm on this, I'm on this like, this list of, like, um, 
this like email list of like stylists and people in costume. A lot of them like people that do TV costume stuff and and uh-huh. people will ask for interns. And everyone fights about it. Like it's this email chain that goes back and forth all day every day. And they'll say interns <laughs> are not correct. Like you should not be interning. Like people will go in like that is a volunteer position. Like that's not legal. And I'm like. I still work for free. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. Never be scared to work for someone to gain experience and to learn from them because that is priceless. You know, like I I was working when I was a sophomore in well when I was in college it was before the recession so there was a lot of money companies spending a lot on everything so I was actually like a paid technically a paid freelancer in college but i was doing intern work because then they were paying everyone so mm-hmm. that was my first internship with that fila and then i was at australia red to instrument apparel and i learned the business then and i talked to everyone that was there when i was in college i'm like oh how does this work how does production work i had no idea you know you just take an internship learn from everyone and gain those relationships because you never know who could get you a job in the future who could refer you and you know, I I probably learned about PR. I didn't know what I really didn't know what fashion PR was until I met someone who did PR for Calvin Klein in in one of the handbag companies I was, I was working in. She gave me her entire list of people and told me how to do stuff because I gave her, you know, my grandmother's chocolate chip cookie recipe. You know, <laughs> like like networking and all that stuff uh-huh. is so important, but just not like networking, but not caught up in the life networking, like not going out and being like, oh, my God, I took a picture with so-and-so. That doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, that's not networking. Yeah, that's not networking. <laughs> you no, know, like, people think, like, oh, I know all these people. Oh, I took a picture with so-and-so. No, you need to work with them or ask them, can mm-hmm. I help you on a shoot? And then that's when you learn and that's when you really build lasting relationships. Yeah, because it's all about the relationship. The networking thing, I mean, anybody can go out there and network at parties and different events and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's about building that relationship and doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to get ahead. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I know I used to think, oh, I need to go out. So I would go out sometimes and I would meet, like, oh, I'm the editor of so-and-so, oh, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, you'll email them or maybe you won't email them. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. You know, you could go to it and everyone will give out their cards. But are you actually mm-hmm. working with them? Probably exactly. not. You know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, like, I think that's super important. And, you know, I think that, if, you know, as a designer, if you're going to commit yourself to star anything, especially in the creative field, if you're going to commit yourself to something, commit yourself 100%. And also, like, for me, being very focused on one thing has kept kept me very, like, streamlined. Like, I think mm-hmm. if, you know, when you see those Instagram people like, oh, I'm an actor, model, socialite, photographer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you're one of like, everything. <laughs> right. It's, like, better, like, do one thing. If you want to do two things, make sure they can help each other. You know, like exactly. if I was if I was a photographer, it'd probably help me because I could take pictures of my designs. You know, like mm-hmm. so, just staying focused and not trying to do eight million things is important. You know, and and keep towards your goal and not being scared to evolve it if it needs to. And take and notice like the trends of stuff, like not like trends in fashion, but like the trends of of fashion, you know, like for me, or like e-commerce, you know, e-commerce mm-hmm. is a retail store, so how am I evolving into that? Like, after exactly. fashion week, I'm like, I need to 
do like a better, um, I'm going to do Shopify, which I feel I've experimented with, I think is like a better platform for selling, you know, gifting certain people, certain things like Instagram, all Instagram selling, all that stuff. It's like it has mm-hmm. to involve that part of the business because it's always just been like, oh, come to me for a custom piece and it's going to cost you $5,000. That's not, I need to, I need to figure out like that other side. So, so just evolving, you know, with the times and realizing that certain business models from the past is not really what's going to work now, you know, so. Yeah. And and now talking about evolution, you evolved into handbags that you touched, that you touched on earlier. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your handbag launch. So um, handbags, so when I say I've worked in corporate fashion, basically since I, gra- I graduated on a Friday in 2005 on my birthday, May 13th, <laughs> and then that Monday – I started working because I interviewed for a job right before I actually graduated. And since then, till today, <laughs> like literally with maybe like, no, I don't think I've ever really had a break. I've been designing bags for other people. So my most recent job, I, I kind of like freelanced for um, a factory doing, uh, I was doing kind of cold the time and mm-hmm. I was designing for them. And, we became partners, and we, you know, we said we wanted to have our own brand. So then we started, like, kind of combining the two, you know, taking my experience in designing bags for other people. And when I tell you, like, I've made millions of dollars for companies, like, I have made – when I was doing Ken's Coal, we started at something like 2 million sales the first year. By my fourth year, it was, like, $25 million. That's I've made crazy. millions and millions of dollars. So it was basically at the time, it was like, let's put the two together and, mm-hmm. you know, basically take my experience in handbags and my brand and make it into one. So, you know, it's it's tough, you know, starting a new brand and retail is really, really bad right now. So, Very. you know, we've mm-hmm. had, it's incredible. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, people, especially in handbags, like handbags um, overall, like not I'm not saying like necessarily this has nothing to do with my brand, but like, you know, there was a time where like everyone was wearing it bags. There's no it bag yeah. right now. The trend uh-huh. right now is very utilitarian, like at backpacks mm-hmm. are the biggest seller. So you see like thousands of stores closed this year. Thousands. Malls are like literally rotting away. So it's yep. like, you know, creating something new and pushing this handbag business has been a challenge, but it's it's worked because we've been able to, you know, get into a few stores and just kind of like we have something different to offer. So we're able to move forward. So yeah, it's really it's really a tough business. It really is crazy. Like I've never you know, and that's what I'm saying, like I need to do the e commerce and that type of stuff and work on getting on Amazon and all this thing and I'm oh, that's a yeah. person yeah, I'm a person who is, like, I'm one of the reasons. Like, I'm a millennial, and I only shop online. I buy everything on Amazon, including my groceries. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I need to leave the house? What do you mean? Like, Yeah. You know, I, I have my Laurel's with backpack. I wear every day. I wear yoga pants and comfy clothes, and that's just what our generation is doing right now. Yeah. So, you know, it's like how, it's like, evolving and you know getting it together so so aside from that and without giving anything away that you're not ready to give away what do you have coming up what's next for the brand 
Well, Fashion Week. <laughs> yeah. The first. Um, and I'm working on a few, a couple um, major um, celebrity clients, some custom pieces for them. Um, like, they're both legends, and that has happened from um, a stylist that I've worked with. I don't want to give too much away, but... Um, no, don't. Definitely LA, don't. <laughs> yeah. moved to L.A., I've been able to work very closely with her and really just evolving, like, the L.A. side. Because in New York, I kind of have, like, all my moving parts. Like, I have Purvis and Sire handling everything there. So I'm just trying to, you know, kind of get my relationships more solid in L.A. and do more costuming and stuff like that since I'm here. You know, most Mm -hmm. celebrities live in L.A. and a lot of the production happens here. So kind of thinking in on, on the West Coast. And, you know, I've been a New York girl my entire life up until February. So... Um, yeah, just evolving that and waiting for those things to drop and, you know, finish up some projects and then just that stuff always brings you new opportunities. So doing that and then selling the handbags and, and, uh, you know, fashion week, I think I'm going to do, I think going forward, I'm going to do LA fashion week and a smaller presentation in February and then do one big blowout show for September New York fashion week. I feel like February New York Fashion Week is always, like, a little challenging. I think yes. that less people mm-hmm. want to come out because it's usually so cold. Like, mm-hmm. it's been, like, zero degrees, literally. And, um, you know, when we if we have a blizzard, there's always, like, stuff that's delayed and, like, messes up everything. So I think I'm going to stick with that formula and really just focus on doing, like, one big September show in New York and a smaller capsule selection in February that would – be like in a in a presentation at LA Fashion Week and then the collection would live in the showroom in New York so a lot of exciting things coming up that's exciting I'm, I'm excited for you and happy for you thank you so lastly you. before I let you go there's um, something that I like to do with all of the guests and that's four rapid fire questions so the first thing oh, that gosh. comes to mind <laughs> everybody gets so nervous when I say that <laughs> but the questions are really easy it's nothing to like be nervous about what does fashion mean to you? Oof. Um, fashion to me is art. It's um, it's my chosen art form, and yeah, it's art. What do you believe is the difference between fashion and style? Oh, there's a quote for that. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Coco Chanel quote, and I agree with it. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. I can't think of it off the top of my head, style, but I know exactly which Style is something that you like not eternal or something that you just have with you and fashion is something that you can like buy and create you know like like my style is regal metal chain you know but my fashion is like i make dresses does that make sense yes yes it makes total sense (laughs) i I think everybody will understand definitely what you mean (laughs) how would you define spirituality and do you believe it has a connection between fashion and your lifestyle for me I'm a believer in being positive and manifesting things that you want. So I'm constantly telling myself, like, you know, this is going to work and this is going to be great. And I stopped. I used to be, like, a little more negative, and I stopped saying if and I say when. So for me, just, like, being being spiritual and just knowing that no matter when things are tough or not, um, you know, just to keep going and knowing that things are going to mm-hmm. be great and you know, one project might not be exactly 
what you wanted and, you know, it just the power to just, you know, move forward and keep it moving. Who is Laurel DeWitt? <laughs> She's crazy. She is artistic. Um, she is visionary. She's passionate. Yeah, I'm so fine. I'm so happy we finally got a chance to like really chat. We always chat yeah. with each other like in passing or at an event, and it's always like we never get to really like sit down and talk. So I'm happy we had a chance to yeah, do it. So thank cool. you. Got to do it live for everyone to hear. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for being a part of it. I really appreciate your support and allowing me to interview you for the podcast. So thank you. Thank you, and I'll see you at Fashion Week, right? Yes, okay. I'll see you at Fashion Week. I can't wait. So I'll see you there. For more information on living in style, head to samcperry.com.